This old-time radio program was originally aired live, long before the advent of high fidelity. As a result, you may detect an occasional surface noise or volume drop due to transmission problems so common to old radio. It's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat. But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile when his shorts are too tight in the seat. <laughs> Pardon me, would you have any gray poupon? But of course. Always got a little river band loaded up here. I got six discs in here. But that's all right, son. You can do it on the boat. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't, you know. He doesn't stand for baloney. Well, I assume since you've tuned into this episode of Living in the 80s podcast that you enjoy the finer things in life. So here I am with my good friend Coco Goldstein, also known as Jim Lawler. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. How are Glad you today? I'm, I'm great. Good. I'm, I'm glad you're here. It's really good. <laughs> We've been hanging out a lot uh, prior to you know, the podcast being broadcast and just kind of talking about our favorite yacht rock songs and things like that so reminiscing yes, if you we were. we are reminiscing yes <laughs> uh <laughs> that was good you caught me off guard yeah, yeah. that was very funny um we are if you haven't guessed it it's all about the yacht rock today what is yacht rock we'll explain that later <laughs> but i wanted to welcome you all and thank you for joining us uh looking at our uh, living in the 80s webpage we've had a bunch of new members that have come in the last few days a few weeks uh they the number keeps adding weekly we're up to 1147 members in wow. that group so thank you for that and as always you can visit us at living in the 80s.us and you can hear us weekly on star1079.com where they broadcast this podcast and about a thousand or so people listen every week so thank you flounder and staff for uh, putting up with this thing so jim we are talking all about yacht rock this week so probably the best way to start so tell me before we start going into the history of yacht rock why do you like this genre of music so much so you know, I um, I was a longtime fan of Little River Band, even when I was in my tween years. Kind of a closet listener, you know, because that wasn't the cool stuff back then. No, it was not. The seventies, um, you know, I, obviously maybe a little before my time. I always enjoyed the music. I mean, all genres, whether it be um, yacht rock or some hard rock from the seventies, but always looked at that fondly i had an older cousin you know and always listened to his stuff and and some of it was yacht rock um and we'll kind of get into you know what years that includes but um i've always found it relaxing and um i've really we talked about this a little bit that the older you get the more you appreciate sort of the composition and and the, the melody and things within songs and um 
So, and, and I think we'll probably unpack that a little bit, but I've always appreciated it. I'm just now proud enough or not embarrassed enough to say, hey, this is my number one, number one genre. Number one, really? Number one. Wow. That, see, we, did, we hadn't discussed that. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's, it's one, of those, oh, one of those genres that I certainly appreciate and within the last several years have, become to, have come yeah. to appreciate more and more. So as time has gone on, uh, I have, like, it is certainly one of my more go-to like playlists yeah. is my Yacht Rock playlist. I find it therapeutic. So the end of a long day, pop in some Yacht Rock, you know, I feel like I can unwind. I feel like I'm sitting on the, the front of that boat uh, with yes. my captain's hat. Seagulls <laughs> flying all around. Yes. So um, what we're going to do now... First of all, we had a conversation a few minutes ago about the people in your office, and you and tell us about the conversation when you started talking to them about yacht rock. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I asked some people in my office. I said, "Hey, you know, do you know what yacht rock is?" And they just sort of looked at me. Are you talking about a boat? And I said, "Yeah." And a rock? I said, "No, a, a genre of music." They're like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." Now, granted, you know, some of them are younger. But um, they had no clue. Uh, but then you play the music that typifies that era, and then they like, oh, okay, I get it, you know. So the light bulb comes on. Yeah. You flip the switch for them. They hear a little steely Dan, and they go, oh, okay, now I get it. This is good stuff. Yeah. So I'm thinking, chances are, we've got some regular listeners that are tuning in, and maybe they have heard the term Yacht Rock for the first time. Or... Maybe they've heard the term and not really sure what it means. Yeah. So we're going to try our best to unpack what Yacht Rock really is, the history of yeah. Yacht Rock. So the best way to do it, starting in the mid-70s, mid early, early to mid-70s, and by the way, this is one of the rare exceptions that I will be going outside of the 80s for anything on this podcast <laughs> But the 70s were such an influence on what happened in the 80s and so forth. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But in the early to mid-70s, there were a huge variety of music on the airwaves. You had 70s country, which we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, and then there was harder stuff, like Led Zeppelin, Leonard Skinner, Foghat, Aerosmith. You know, it, the stoner music. Yeah. That was it's it was hard, it was driving, it was fast. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum was the more mellow music like The Carpenters and Barry Manilow and Barbara Streisand. And then somewhere in the middle was like the bubblegum type music like ABBA, uh the Osmonds, um Captain and Tennille that kind of stuff, and then even four more it's odd, is the disco era. Mm. Uh, the Bee Gees, Cool and the Gang, Earth, Wind, and Fire. So you've got all of this... The 70s was one of the greatest decades mm, as far yeah. as... It's like If you like different types of music, the 70s and 80s were probably your decades because there was so, so much to choose from. So, Yacht Rock... That didn't fit any of the stuff I just mentioned. It is a more of a niche type music, but very successful on the charts. 
but it just it didn't fall into any of the disco definition. It certainly wasn't disco music. It was not super mellow, and it was not definitely not hard rock. So commercially, it was identified as the West Coast sound or adult-oriented rock. It was a combination of smooth jazz, soul, R&B, and just enough uh, mellow tones to yeah. make it all fit and work together. Some of it, you could. There are some songs that you can still hear the the disco roots. Yes, you can. I'm not saying those are my favorites, but you you can certainly hear Jim, that. It's influence. okay. You're in a safe place. No, no, no. <laughs> we're not. We're not in a disco inferno here. No. We actually. It's funny. We actually talked a, a little bit about you know what qualifies as a yacht rock song and what doesn't, and then there were some things in there that. Um, that, that may fell may have fallen a little bit on the disco side that we absolutely will not. Yeah. We're omitting that stuff. So, this music was for the listener that enjoys the finer things in life. That's like me. The smell of mahogany, rich Corinthian leather, a good scotch, and the finest cigars. This type of listener would spare no expense on their homes, their cars, their furniture, their hi-fi system, and of course their boats. It's really hard to define this type of music, so we're calling it Yacht Rock. It's rock with just enough mellow. How's that? I like it. Does that do it? All right. So today, Yacht Rock is a bit of a phenomenon. How did it become so popular? In the early 80s, some radio stations began to change their formats to accommodate this. So in Columbus, Sunny 95 is a radio station. When sun, it, they play kind of a more of an adult-oriented kind of thing. But when they first started out, they were more of a, uh, a light rock, which is you know, yacht rock is loosely defined in that yacht rock or light rock category. Those are a yeah. lot of words, man. And um, so, radio stations across the country were adopting this format, and you could hear a lot of things like Steely Dan and Little River Band and uh, Boss Skaggs, and people like that were falling into this niche thing. And then, basically, back then, we called it music for yuppies. So you, <laughs> you said you were a Closet Little yeah, River Band fan, a Little River Band fan. So back in those days, how much of this stuff did you actually listen to? So... You know, I I think probably at least half of it. You know, I had that was back in the days when some of the radios had the uh, push selectors. You know, where you could you could uh, select Sunny ninety five by pushing. Oh the yeah, button you pull in, it all right? the way out and then push it all the way in to save that uh, um, station. Kenny Loggins, you know, Ambrosia. I, I would leave it on this. I think some of it actually went back to to my dad used to listen to. Um, Easy listening, mm-hmm. and I used to listen to that with him. He'd hit the AM dial and do some Glenn Campbell and some BJ Thomas, and so I, I used to get a lot of that as a kid. But the easy listening, the best way I can describe it is if you ever watch uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Mm-hmm. I mean, it was essentially like that theme music around the clock, and I don't even, you know, I don't even know what station that was, but mm-hmm. he had it on that all the time, and I think that sort of influence my musical taste now i liked everything else 80s right so right. you know the whole gamut but i i think that that early influence probably 
caused me to lean towards Yacht Rock a little bit. Those nice. roots, yeah. With me, my music taste, of course, even as it is today, is all over the place. Uh, I'll listen to, gosh, everything from country to bluegrass to hard rock to... Um, I'll listen to some disco. I'm I'm not a disco Oof. duck, but I there are some tunes that don't sound too shabby, especially with some good headphones on. Yeah. So... Uh, but um, certainly that light rock fell into that category. Several of my records back then, you know, I had some Ambrosia records and uh, things like that, and uh, I listened to enough of it to not hate it, but uh, a lot of times I it was very, to me, it was very disposable music. Here today, sure. gone tomorrow, loved it one minute, forgot about it the next, on to the next. And... It's funny, now you hear a lot of it uh, in the background at a restaurant or in a store. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm naming all these songs and groups as my wife's just kind of rolling her eyes at me. My wife um, rolls her eyes at me, too. <laughs> Every time we play the, can you name the song game? Exactly. Yeah. But, it is, I mean, it is a good backdrop. But it is, you know, for us, it's, you know, a sound of our youth. Whereas I think, you know, it may have been 50s at one time that these places would play and... You know, I think that's kind of played out. It's funny how these things progress as we get older. Now, now, oh, yeah. now, yacht rock is oldies, right? Yes. So. Oh gosh, yeah. Which is so funny. It's I still have a hard time with that when they call this stuff oldies that I remember when they came out. I remember going out and buying these records when they hit the stores, and oh, here's an oldie for you. I'm like, don't say that. Yeah. Don't say it. Uh, but the genre as a whole, pretty much. So it's defined from like 1974 to like 1984, 76 right. to 84. It's kind of up to debate. You can hear some songs prior to 76, even even one of the songs on our countdown come from 1972. So it's a really old one. Um, but by 1984, it, it was done. Like you weren't, like Little River Band wasn't putting records out anymore. Boz Skaggs wasn't doing anything. Michael McDonald was doing movie soundtracks. So it was Kenny Loggins. So it was going away. And I, in my mind, the last light rock song that ever did anything was Human Nature by Michael Jackson. Hmm. In the Yacht Rock series, which we'll talk about in a little bit, they talked about how Michael Jackson went from Thriller Michael Jackson to um, the, the more mellow... Uh, human nature michael jackson right. yeah um, so it's we'll talk about that later it's just it's ridiculous so just like anything else things come and go and for years and years that kind of music pretty much for the mainstream was dormant no one was doing any music like that uh, you could turn on some jazz albums if you wanted some stuff with some good quality music but you know people weren't making those kind of songs Fast forward to 2005, and these guys uh, come out with this YouTube series called Yacht Rock. So tell us a little bit about Yacht Rock, Jim. So um, the 2005, there was a group of guys in Southern California. I think it was Channel 101, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it was maybe a... Um, local tv station or a public access i mean really obscure um and i think in kind of a 
degradatory, degradatory sort of manner. They called it yacht rock, right? Because yeah. I think they were impersonating Kenny Loggins and yeah. somebody else put on the captain's hat and you know and so you know very few people i think saw this episode you know if you'd ever mm-hmm. go back and watch it from i think it was june 26 2005 like you mm-hmm. said i mean it's it's cheesy as all get out but uh i think that's where a lot of people think the name started although i think you found someone in cincinnati used the reference earlier yes right? yes so if you can picture this series and you can see these on youtube just go to Yacht Rock. Just just Google it or get on YouTube, search it. It shows up. So basically, this guy, uh, his name is, uh, his actual name is Steve Huey. goes by Hollywood Steve. And he introduces each episode. And there is a character for Peter Cetera, Michael McDonald. Uh, Looks nothing like that. No. Fake mustaches, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the guy that's John Oates has got like this humongous afro. This <laughs> um, Hall and Oates. Uh, so all these guys are played, and this is, it is intentionally campy and ridiculous. Um, and they just kind of have fun with the whole genre and the music and so forth. You can tell the guys that made it have an affinity for the music because of the detail they put in talking about the songs and how they're written. And there's murder and mayhem. There is fighting. There's a, like one one episode that's almost all of them just beating each other up because they're trying to... I think somebody's trying to get take credit for what a fool believes. Uh, did Kenny Loggins write it? Did Michael McDonald write it? It's the end of their friendship. It's just, right. it just, it's yeah. just weird and stupid. But that kind of kicked on off this yacht rock revival in America, and so many people have uh, since then kind of jumped onto this. So uh, one of my favorite stations on Sirius XM is Yacht Rock. So on on that uh, on that particular um, station, there, there's a captain <laughs> guy yeah. that speaks. He he kind of sounds like Ted Knight in yeah. Caddyshack, and he kind of he's the bumper between or Mister Howell or, or yeah. Gilligan's Island. Yeah, right? so Ted Knight meets Thurston Howell the <laughs> third, and you've got this guy's voice, and he's you know he starts he just says silly things, and appropriately so. It's only on during the summer. It is now. If you have the SiriusXM app, it's played okay, year yeah. round. But if you're in your car, you can only listen to it between Memorial Day and Labor Day, and then it goes away. Which is one of the reasons this Memorial Day episode is Yacht Rock, to celebrate all that is yacht. So, uh, some of the characteristics of Yacht Rock music. um, Very high production value. So we were talking about this off-air. If you've got a nice pair of headphones, and you put on some of this music... You're going to hear these really cool sounds. You're going to hear close attention to the vocals and the the instruments. Like you can hear the bass guitar really clear. You can hear like you know intricate guitar strings and things like that. So the production value is great. And in most cases, they're using they use very elite musicians in the LA area. You know, at during this time period. Uh, just you just can't get a hack to come in and just play this music like it had to be done and done right um so it was it was definitely 
something where um, close, close attention was paid to each and every song. What do you like when we're thinking about that, Jim? Like, like, bail me out here. Yeah. So, <laughs> we 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 were talking about that, and and the one one of the songs that we felt like was in the top twenty five, maybe not the top ten that we'll go through, uh, is Baker Street uh, by yes. Jerry Rafferty, and um, you know it is fantastically composed. I mean, I love to just put on a set of headphones, like you said, and just pick out all those little details i mean mm-hmm. it is incredible um the production value on that one um but you're right i think everything within that era there was incredible attention to detail there's not a lot of you know we, we, and we'll, we'll probably unpack this a little bit more but there's you know there's there's kind of a fine line between an island sound and the southern california sound mm-hmm. and um so we, we we labored over several songs that sort of had the characteristics but maybe had a little more of that island sound maybe some steel drums maybe maybe even the content of the song you know was more islandy so you know it is hard it is a genre that's that's hard to define and and we talked about that with with when this type of music was first introduced and um i th- i guess i'm the one that probably took it back to 1972 as far as our you did you our did. list and well, uh, yeah when, when we get there, we'll we'll explain more about how the list came together. But yeah. but there there were there were some gloves came off. And we were boxing about it. So, uh, <laughs> Jim, how long have we been friends? Uh, I'm gonna say thirty two years, probably something Ish. like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been a long time. I know because we had a lot of mutual friends. Uh, Jim went to Heritage Christian School. Yeah. And I had a lot of friends from there, and through those friendships, I ended up meeting Jim. I mean, I've, I've been good friends with his stepbrother Mike for. Yeah, you guys are for, the same age, right? Yeah, we're the same age. Old. Yeah, old. We're older than crackers. <laughs> um, we we're also old yeah. crackers. Uh, I, I met Mike probably in the early '80s, so I met Jim yeah. sometime thereafter. I can't even define for sure when I met you, but it just seems like uh, we've always been been good friends. And uh, it, he's one of these guys that I'll you know run into and we'll catch up. And yeah, it's just, just connect, like old times. Connected in the last few years, and yep. and it's been good. Yeah, yep. I moved away for a long time, he did. so I was yep. on my yacht. Yeah, he was on his yacht. Jim <laughs> Jim is a real life, honest to god doctor. So he's had he's had he's been in practices and schools all over. You were in Florida for a while, and, yeah. And where Which else? I West tell Virginia. You, I was in yeah. West Virginia for a time. I was in Florida, uh, various places in Ohio, back in Columbus now for six years. But uh, yeah, you want to you want to know some, an honest an honest statement about Yacht Rock in Florida, in Fort Myers. I listened to it more than ever because it just fit. Oh, and you never get you used got the to ocean? you got, got the ocean. Yeah. You never get used to just driving down a random street and it's lined with palm trees. Mm. Uh, it just sort of seemed right, and gotcha. uh, you know, I think I, I really kind of dove back in then. It, it's funny when when I'm in that area because my wife just kind of chuckles at me because uh, when we go anywhere like on a road trip or on vacation, I you know, I'm weeks ahead of time. I'm making playlists. I'm throwing, I'm throwing down. You've some always songs. been the playlist guy. I have back, back in the mixtape days and the homemade CDs. I, I was always that guy. So, 
we'll go on a road trip or someplace and I will put on a playlist. Yeah. And so when I'm down south or, you know, more you know, along the seaboard there, it's it's a lot of yacht rock tunes. Yeah. I'm out in Arizona, a lot of eagles and things like that for yeah. when I'm out there. But, uh, yeah, just you're right. Like I could I could get lost in, in just kind of the ocean and the palm trees and stuff. And I would, even though I do listen to this stuff, fairly often i would probably listen a lot more if i was down there but yeah yeah, again like he said that's his favorite genre it's one of mine so absolutely so anyhow catching up with everything we know that yacht rock where it came from we know that you know the high production value uh we're going to talk about specific songs in a little bit but one thing i wanted to touch on before we go to the next thing is there are several tribute bands that are that, that play this kind of music you know they'll they'll hit all this music and they'll you know make money on it so these are some of my favorite titles of bands that do yacht rock music uh, the first one is monsters of yacht they like were it. they were formerly known as yachtly crew <laughs> yacht rock review nice hall and boats i like that one and my favorite yachty by nature awesome so, so you must have gone. You must have seen all these these groups. Right? I would love to see any of them. I've not seen any of them. Like you can see videos on YouTube and stuff, and I'll catch them sometimes. Some are good. Some yeah. aren't as good. Rob and I have talked about um, the Little River Band is coming to town in twenty twenty one. I yes. think so. We've 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 talked about whether uh, it's acceptable for the two of us to uh, to go check out the Little River Band cover band, uh, which is. I only say that because there are no original members, but uh, and a, and a reference to the show The Middle. If any of you watch The Middle, it used to be on ABC. They were they were always going on about the Little River Band cover band. So I just <laughs> thought that was, I think that was kind of a dig that there were no original members left. Nice. So yeah, we are we are we're gonna do it. We're, we're doing it, man. Right. I don't I don't care what they think about. We me. can take Mike too. We could take Mike. <laughs> Get him out of his obscure music and into some yacht yeah. rock. So, so Mike, no more Sig Sig Sputnik for you. <laughs> no more uh, Plimsolls. You got to start listening to the Little River Band again, which we know you do now. Yes, you can't. You're not fooling anyone. Let's be honest. So, but so what I want to do now is change gears a tiny bit. Um, when we first decided to do this episode. Um, it, it all came from this one text that Jim sent me about a month or two ago. And it was, hey man, you got to see this. So I click on this link. And this is what I heard. That was a, just a little clip of Catalina Breeze by the Blue Jean Committee. Good stuff. So, Jim, how'd you discover this? First of all, thank you so much for sharing. It was one of the greatest moments. One yeah. of the best text linking things I've ever had. <laughs> oh, it was the best. I, I think I just stumbled upon it. This is um, it's on Netflix. It's part of a series called Documentary Now. And I think it's uh, season one, episode six and seven, right? Right. 
uh, Gentle and Soft, the story of the Blue Jean Committee. And uh, I think I just stumbled on it, and I was dying laughing through this thing while my wife just sort of stared at me, uh, you know. As wives do. Yeah. I mean, but it was, there was so much attention to detail in this, in this reproduction, you know, of course they show them now, the band's broken up, shows them sitting in, in their, one's working in a, in a sausage factory, the other is in California. So Um, let's back up just a minute. So Blue Jean Committee is a mockumentary. A mockumentary. So it's a fake documentary. Exactly. And the Blue Jean Committee is actually... Bill Hader and Fred Armisen, who you may remember from Saturday Night Live and a bunch of other stuff. Yep. So I'm sorry. Continue. No, absolutely. Um, and so it goes on to reproduce their tale and how they came together back in the 70s in Chicago, of all places. Uh, they met in Sausage School. Yes. Um, As true Chicagoans would. Would. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And how they morphed into this California band and how Blue Jeans became part of their lore. Um, uh, so you just have to watch it. I mean, we could, we could probably describe this. We could not do it justice. Uh, we could There's not do no it justice. way in the world. When they made it, like they have real life interviews with Cameron Crowe and Daryl Hall and Kenny, Kenny Loggins, Loggins. Yeah. and they're talking about these guys like they're musical visionaries and stuff and if you guys know anything about Fred Armisen he is really an accomplished musician in his own right so a lot of the music and things they're doing you know he's writing music and he's performing and they have captured that whole yacht rock feel that whole music from that era it's like they nailed it. Like the cover art is spot on. When they they use just enough aging in the photography to make it look like like that is old stuff yeah. and it's real. The amps uh, yes. in the recording studio. Uh, yeah, it is. It is pretty fantastic. So, um, and they and they've gone on to do several interviews with with Seth Meyer and and I think you were just talking about the an article and. Rolling Stone and uh, yeah, they treat it like they're a real band yeah. and this is a real. And, and there thing. is a small EP, right, of what there five is. or six songs. And yes, uh, I think my second favorite is uh, is the actual song "Gentle and Soft." Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it sounds about like like you going think back it would. to Hollywood. Yeah. It's good too. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a nice uh, nice find. Yes, it was. So it was a great tribute to. Um, to the genre, to the time period. Uh, I I highly recommend you guys watching it. Even if you're not into Yacht Rock or whatever, it is hilarious. If you don't find it funny, you probably... Who needs you? Yeah, you don't have a sense of humor. (laughs) So it's a funny thing. My friend Kevin Ackley, uh, who did the show with me a few weeks ago, we did the thing on uh, 80s love songs. And... uh, Right after I watched it, I shared it with him, who gets it. And he was cracking up. He had to go watch both episodes. So, guys, check it out. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> that If you learn nothing else from this podcast today, Blue, Blue Jean Committee will... You will have Catalina Breeze stuck in your head. You will. You will. Forever. Just like us. All right. So that's it for, for this first segment. Um, 
we are going to stop and pause for a commercial break, and then we will be right back, and we're going to play a game. So Uh-oh. we'll see if uh, see how much Jim knows his Yacht Rock. We'll be right back. When we originally recorded the podcast, Jim and I played a game that I had found on the internet. It was just a stupid Yacht Rock trivia game. The game was kind of stupid. The questions didn't always pertain to Yacht Rock. So we decided to scrap it. So if you hear us referring to the game during the rest of the podcast, just disregard it. It means nothing. This is Yacht Rock, the album. 60 smooth rock classics from the 70s and 80s. Set sail with the smoothest grooves on the ocean waves. Yacht Rock. Album out now. So this is our my favorite part of the of the whole thing here is talking about the actual music. We've talked about the history of Yacht Rock. We've had the not-so-great game. <laughs> We've had um, lots of discussions about, you know, all about it. But now let's get down to it. So, for us, being aficionados of the genre, we've we started off with about 100 songs. And we decided, you know what, we're going to make a top 10 list. And this is a collective list. And so we decided along the way, like, let's whittle it down to 10. And then, you know, there were some we disagreed on. And so we were like, okay, let's throw this one out and keep this one. Okay, you can throw in two, I can throw in two. So we got it down to... It's a labor of love. It was a labor of love. It was hard. It was hard. I mean, it's very hard. I think once we got to about 30 songs was when it really... I mean, you could interchange... A lot of their songs. Oh yeah, a lot of them that didn't quite make our top ten. Um, it's not because we don't like them any less. It's just because we only had room for ten. So, and it, you know the funny thing is, if we had the same conversation in six months, we have a, we may have a completely different top ten. Yeah. If yeah, we I'm had sure. it tomorrow, it would change. It's already changed like four times today. Yeah. <laughs> and we started on it probably three or four days ago. So yeah, good stuff. So let's start off with our list here. And do we want to do we want to start off with the ones that didn't quite make it, or do we want to just go into the list and talk the ones that didn't make it later? What do you want to do? Yeah, I think we could talk about the you know the cutting floor of you know yeah, okay. what what didn't make the list That's... and and part of part of those or at least the the criteria that um, we feel they didn't meet was whether it fit in the genre or not. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there were some stylistically that we either one of us liked and the other one didn't. But um, we really labored about the island sound for right. one thing. Right. So if you're thinking like Jimmy Buffett, so he's we consider him more of an island kind of guy along the lines of Kenny Chesney. Like these guys put out some really good music. But they're not quite yacht rock, even though like Margaritaville may have fit kind of in there. Yeah, it didn't make the top ten, so we're going to mention that song. But that's kind of that, that's one of the things that kind of disqualified yeah. it. Yeah, 
And just know if there are other aficionados out there, you know what? If it fits your definition of yacht rock, keep it in there. That's but right. I think I think we both agreed. I mean, I, I really labored about um, "Cool Change" by the Little mm-hmm. River Band or "Southern Cross," which is more of an '80s um, song, but s- still in the neighborhood. Right. Um, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Yes, American. An American Dream is one of my favorite '80s songs. Period, and it kind of falls into this. Um, this genre, but it kind of also doesn't because it does have more of that. Uh, I, I kind of put Nitty Gritty Dirt Band in the category with the Eagles. Um, so it, it, they're kind of, I think they're more of a Southern California sound, even though they're Nitty Gritty Dirt Band's all over the place. Like in this era of their career, they kind of had that Southern California thing going on, but then they do it like a ton of bluegrass and stuff like that. So they're really hard to pigeon into one area but you know that's that's one of the things that we have uh we have moved through here so uh one of the ones that i kind of wanted to include but it it doesn't totally fit but the music style and the quality kind of does is africa by toto yeah which it's a great song great song but you know, it doesn't doesn't quite fit here. But you will see it in in some of the larger lists. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yep. Same with Rosanna. Yeah, exactly. It, if you're listening to like the Yacht Rock channel on um, iHeartRadio or on SiriusXM, who you know we talked about theirs, uh, you you will probably hear some of these songs on there. But uh, to clearly define how we're trying to. Um, label yacht rock they just kind of don't fit yeah but one that does fit that fits perfectly but didn't quite make our top 10 was key largo by birdie higgins birdie so that song it has everything in the in the formula it's got the music quality it's got the you know the ocean um references it's got all of that but just outside of the top ten. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I there, I am a big fan of Jay Ferguson, who, by all intents and purposes, was a one-hit wonder with a, a song called Thunder Island, yes. which is pretty fantastic. And then, you know, I think the other thing that I labored over were some of these. They weren't one-hit wonders, but they kind of fit in the same sort of basket, and that's. Like the 10CC and the players, I say players, the band is called Player. Right. Um, Orleans, Looking Glass, you know, so. You, England Dan and John Ford Coley. Yeah, there are. T- so you see why Seals we sort of, Ross. we labored over yeah. just 10 because yeah. uh, there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, one song that I was in my initial top 10, that we ended up moving out just, it was rough, but uh, A Lot of Love by Nicolette Larson. Is, is one of my jams. Yeah. Like, that song comes on, and, you know, which she sings background in American Dream by <laughs> Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. Uh, nice. So that is, uh, so, love her. Yeah, but- see, that's one that was not as high, you know, I, you know, I don't know if I'm, we talked about the absence of a lot of female solo artists yeah, in, in not a lot. this genre. Like Linda Ronstadt, Blue By You, would be another one I would include that's yeah, a female. Yeah. And uh, it, I don't know. It's just, I guess, ladies weren't weren't uh, 
were produced in the Yacht Rock back in the 70s. All a bunch of dudes. Yeah. So, And then some of those that we left off were just second and third songs of some of the artists that we have oh, in yeah. the list. Which, which when we get up to those songs, we're going to you know mention some of those other songs they do as well. Uh, just kind of refresh your memory, like how great artists these people were and these songs you know. So I got to throw a plug out for, uh, and I, I don't know if you disagreed with this one being on the list, but I like the name of the band, the Ozark uh, Mountain Daredevils. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jackie, Jackie Blue. Blue. Yeah, that was one of the ones, because we, 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 we decided we were going to have the right to cut some things, and yep. that's one that I cut, uh, only because that... I, I I don't know. That just doesn't feel yachty enough funky. for me. Yeah, it is a little more funky than most of the music here. Um, and I remember that song from the early seventies. So I, I I don't know. I I when I'm thinking about favorite beach tunes yeah, or whatever, that, that doesn't uh, doesn't come up. But they I do have al- a cool name. I will allow it. You will allow. We will allow it. Next, um, what you won't do for love by Bobby Caldwell. Now that is an extremely smooth tune. The dude kind of looks like uh, one of the Lost Gib brothers. Nothing like you yeah. would think he would sound like. If you hear that, you're thinking, that's a middle-aged white guy? What yeah, the? it's soulful. It's very soulful. Um, another Yacht Rock type band, uh, Pablo Cruz. So Cool Love is what I had on there. Nighthawk. Nighthawk. You like you like you like Step Brothers reference. Oh yeah. So yeah. So Pablo Cruz really gets a mention because in Step Brothers, Will Ferrell's wearing his Pablo Cruz shirt. So that's very yachty. Very yachty. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Smile. Mm. Hollow Notes. That was on. Hard to leave off. That was on the list initially, and that one just you had to sacrifice something. Yeah. Because a couple other ones that got on there really needed to be on there. But uh, I mean, I actually like it better than some of the ones that we've kept. We've agreed on that. Right. But just to to stay stay true to the genre, we decided that you know we would cut a couple out that we may kind of like better, just in favor of some of the ones that more define. What we it had is. we had some trouble with uh, Poco. Yeah, because Poco. that is a crazy love. Is an oh, awesome song. I love that song. Yeah, a little bit of a country vibe. Yeah, little Eagles. And well, Timothy B. Schmidt is singing it. He's the lead go. singer in that song who went on to be with the Eagles later. So that is um that that was that was a very hard one for me to leave off because you know that thing is probably shows up on about three or four of my playlists, like yeah. a road trip playlist, yacht rock, all of it, so that's a tough one. Magic by Pilot. Oh. That's a great yeah, song. Yeah, that's a great song. Um gotta cut them off somewhere. And the very last one I'll put on here, um, it's actually two songs by the Sanford Townsend band, which is uh, Smoke from a Distant Fire and Starbright. Mm. Uh, you're thinking, what are those? Just look them up. Or better yet, what if uh, we post uh, our Yacht Rock playlist for you guys for your consumption on the webpage? There you go. So, All right, so Jim, that is there any other songs that didn't make the cut that you wanted to, to bring up before we get into our top ten-ish? I don't think so. We touched on Jerry Rafferty early on, right. and um, right down the line, Baker mm-hmm. Street just barely missed our definition. But we felt like the composition was just primo, especially yes. on Baker Street. Oh, so, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. 
So um, we are going to our top 10, and we actually um, have two number 10s. Number 10. Why are there two number 10s? Because we felt like we couldn't leave this song out because it's kind of like the defining song of the genre, Sailing by Christopher Cross. So when you, any list, most of them have this as number one. Uh, we decided it's kind of a boring song, but it's still yeah. kind of good at the same time. Like in a certain mood, I can kind of get lost in the song. Yeah. So I tell you what, the first time I ever heard this song, I could remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, at my old youth group at Trinity M- Memorial, we had a walkathon, so we were raising money to go to camp, and we met at Tom and Sharon Ackley's house. It's Kevin and Cynthia's mom and dad, and at the very end of the walkathon, uh, the sun was you know just starting to go down. And I heard sailing on the radio there on their front porch for the very first time. Nice. So whenever I hear that song, like when I'm paying attention yeah. to the song and kind of feeling it, I think of that day and that sunset and... Seared in your memory. That's right. And I think right. of Kevin and Cynthia, all of our friends. Love so it. That was, uh, that, was a, that was a good day. Yeah. So, yeah. I can't think of the first time that I've that I heard it. I was a big Christopher Cross fan, um, and I had this forty-five. I had "Ride Like the Wind," which mm-hmm. we've both, you know, discussed. That yeah, we like maybe that. that's a yeah, little bit. We better. like that better than this. Song. But we think it could could be heresy if we leave this off of the yes. list of, of top ten. So, definitely a great song. Definitely fits the genre. Um, I could li- I listen to it all the way through at certain times, and at other times I listen to the. The first sort of thirty seconds, because I think that's where it really grabs you. Oh yeah, that's it's got one of the smoothest int- intros of any song ever. But it's it's good. I mean, Christopher Cross won the Grammy for Best New Artist, and uh, I, I think that album, it's it, his uh, debut album, may have won a, a Grammy as well. You can fact check me if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> but I it, it it was very it was a very good album. Like you said, Ride Like the Wind was a big hit, another big yacht, yacht rock staple, along with Arthur's theme. Yeah. So, fun fact, I saw the movie Arthur for the first time about two weeks ago. Like nice. That, song, that movie has been out since, I think it was 1981, and I had never seen it, have always avoided it for whatever reason, but I watched it. It was not bad. I did not realize Liza Minnelli was in it. Interesting. Which I, w- I am proud to say that I have never seen it. It's not bad. Really? Except for Liza. Liza kind of gets in my nerves. Yeah. But as a movie, it's not well, too Dustin bad. Dustin Hoffman, right? No. Um, See? Uh, shoot. What am I thinking of? Dudley Moore. Dudley Moore. You're probably thinking of Tootsie. Tootsie. Yeah. At the same All time. the same. Yeah. Thing. So, But then there was an Arthur 2, which I also had to watch right after. So, yeah, I spent a Sunday afternoon watching those two movies. You'll never get that back. No, I won't. And you know, it's funny because 
Life is short. It is short. Too short to be spinning and watching Arthur. <laughs> but the theme song was great. And But they also used him for the second movie, too, which is like, uh, I want to say it's like 1988 or 89 yeah. or something like that. And his ship had done sailed, and the song was just not good. So in fact, one of the Yacht Rock episodes has the, the guy playing Christopher Cross uh, with one of his like late 80s songs. He was still trying to make a career out of it, and no one had ever heard it. And he talk about how much garbage it was because he betrayed the yacht or whatever it was. <laughs> so it was, it was funny. But anyhow, our first number 10 was Ride Like the Wind. Or, excuse me, we wanted it wasn't to be. that to be. It was sailing. sailing. Number 10. Venture Highway In the sunshine Where the days are longer The nights are stronger Than moonshine You're gonna go I know Californians. <laughs> so if you guys ever seen the SNL skit, uh, Californians, uh, starring our buddy Bill Hader and Fred Armisen's always on there too. Uh, for one, if you've never watched Californians, look it up. It's on Hulu or YouTube or whatever. Hilarious. But they use Ventura Highway by America as the intro. Now, this is, this is one we, we kind of went back and forth on. Um, there's only you and me, and we just disagree. Ba-bum. <sighs> you Yacht Rock uh, aficionados should uh, recognize that little <laughs> drop. Yes. If you didn't, then you're not a Yacht Rock aficionado. Get off the boat. <laughs> so, Jim loves this song like he loves his own mother. I do. i not feeling this one. I do like the intro, because I laugh, because it reminds yeah. me of Californians. So, Jim, what is it about this song that just makes you love it you know i think it's the melody you know this song we i think you already mentioned it's from 1972 so we're digging deep here um we also had a discussion about gordon lightfoot in this era which you know in my own personal yacht rock list i have a little bit of gordy Um, i have none yeah so carefree highway you know was in my list but so I guess I just like highway songs, right? Uh, so Ventura Highway... Maybe on a road trip. It's just mellow. It's got, you know, obviously it's a reference to California, Southern California. Um, I love the, this town doesn't look good in snow because I, you know, I pretty much feel that way about Columbus all winter long. Does any town look good in snow? It doesn't really look good in snow. No. Yeah. Except for at Christmas. There you go. A white Couple Christmas. Weeks. I love a white Christmas. Couple and weeks maybe, a year, yeah, turn it on. Up to yeah. New Year's, maybe a week or two after. But I, I just uh, I I just dig this song. I don't know what it is about it, and uh, and that's that's been a late uh, appreciation for me. And uh, you know, you guys may have noticed this in your own tastes. I think the older we all get, you know, obviously we all listen to the '80s. Some of us the '70s. Um, the more we come to appreciate some of those songs, that maybe at one point we we turned away, or you know, it was okay, but we would turn to something else. Um, 
but you know if you really listen to this song i just think it has a good vibe and i think it kind of fits the southern california so yeah this is one i i sort of dug my heels on in on and uh <laughs> and by the rob way, humor me yeah by the way we don't r- really fight about this stuff it's just do you like it no do you like it yeah okay we'll keep it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those deals but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a, a popular song. If I was going to pick a song by America, um, I would I would probably pick "You Can Do Magic," which yeah. which would also fit into this whole thing with the sound and everything. And um, I would not put "Horse with No Name" on here. No, I don't like that song. It's kind of stupid. Like if it you're is. if you're on a desert all that time, wouldn't you eventually just decide to name the horse something? Yeah. Yeah. Horse songs always get a little strange. Yeah, like, like wildfire. wildfire. Fire, yeah. yeah, is that Michael Martin Murphy? It is. I don't like that song. You know, didn't the horse I think it's die? About, yeah, they chase it. it comes back as she a ghost chases it into the snow. Yeah, who would? Who? How was that ever a hit? I don't know. Uh, I will tell you, the kind of. I do kind of like it, although it doesn't fit this genre. But I do like it. Mm, I don't. That's how. But that's how. That's how deep in there I, I get. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm digging you some have, Michael Martin Murphy. You definitely, your your music tastes are do vary, which is funny because, um, completely off the subject. <laughs> once upon a time, back in the day, um, Jim, I remember we were. I don't remember where we were, but we were in the car together somewhere. Are we going yard junkie? No, no, we're, we're not going there. <laughs> no, we better not go there. Okay. So. Um, we're in the car. I don't remember where we were going, when it was, but Jim has this cassette. He pops in. He's like, you got to hear this song. And he puts in this song called Jelly Roll by Blue Murder. That song rocks, and it is on all of my hair band playlists yeah. that I make even today. Like yeah. It is a you-can't-cut-this-out kind of thing. Jim introduced me to that. Blue Murder. Blue Murder, yeah. Yeah. whose lead singer was Michael Martin Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> yeah. It's a great but, song. But that, that kind just, of a one hit wonder, but a great song. It was. So that just kind of shows how eclectic Jim's tastes are. So that that was our second number ten. Number nine. Sentimental Lady by Bob Welch. So Bob Welch was formerly with Fleetwood Mac before he went on to a solo career. So he was pre-Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. And this song, I've, I've loved this song. This came out when I was in middle school, actually in 1977. So it's pre-80s. Um, this song, to me, if uh, a sunset could have a sound, it would sound like this song to me. So this this is one that I voted into the list. Uh, Jim got his Ventura Highway, and I got <laughs> Sentimental Lady. So this song's it's a always good one. yeah. It, it, it's it's just like the harmonies, everything just kind of works in that song. And uh, yeah. you know, I think and and I think I didn't recognize it at first. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the thing that if a lot of listeners tune in or they listen to your expanded playlist. 
there are a lot of songs that you recognize and you think right and uh so this one is a good one um it, it's not something i initially picked out but i like it me too it's um one of the things we were talking about you know between songs here was uh how we both just kind of look for those songs that may have either flown under the radar or that we completely forget about and this is one that um Bob Welch in general like he had another song Ebony Eyes which was a a good hit which also falls into kind of like this uh yacht rock thing but there's another one called Precious Love which we're sitting here listening to it going wow this is one I kind of forgot about so I love either discovering new music or just kind of being reminded of some old stuff that we kind of get in a rut sometimes I think we listen to the same stuff all the time and I don't know if you if you guys have hung out in this podcast this long listening to this conversation you're probably a lot like us where you really like discovering new stuff and you like kind of getting your memory jogged and hopefully you'll you know get off this podcast when it when it's over of course and uh maybe find some of these songs on your own and listen to them or just look up a, a an artist like Bob Welch and just start finding some of his older music and and seeing where you know it is pretty good um fun fact sentimental lady was originally recorded in 1972 and is on a Fleetwood Mac album so if you want to look that up you can probably find it on YouTube but uh better sound quality like on apple music or spotify or something but yeah sentimental lady by bob welch we decided what the heck that's gonna be number nine yeah number eight So number eight is Ambrosia with The Biggest Part of Me. And I think initially uh, you could kind of have a toss-up as to which Ambrosia song you wanted to put in this list, right? So You're the Only Woman, How Much I Feel, Biggest Part of Me. We felt that this was the best of the three. Um, But Ambrosia is from Southern California, band formed in 1970. I think they're actually still touring today. I know uh, it's a 2010 or 2011. They 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 worked with Jimmy Fallon on a um, a yacht rock uh, themed show, <laughs> um, and so uh, I think they are still active today. But one of my favorites. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those groups. Um, my friends uh, David Yuska and Art Hughes. Art was on here a few weeks ago. We were talking about. Uh, our favorite um, albums of the 80s but uh, these guys would make fun of me because I liked a couple of Ambrosia songs <laughs> now these guys are, are rockers but but I, I will guarantee you right now that Art has got Ambrosia on one if not more playlists in fact I've got one of his playlists right here he calls it the complete 80s so we're going to review, let's see here. This is just completely random. 
Ambrosia, Sad Eye, Sunset mm. Sound Mix, Biggest Part of Me, You're the Only Woman, and How Much I Feel. Yeah, Art has four Ambrosia songs. You can get songs. in a little bit of trouble with Art, though, right? He is a cop, and he is bigger than me. Yeah, that's what I recall of Art, yep. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so, yeah, Ambrosia, it's, it's, it was never cool to be an Ambrosia fan, and I wouldn't necessarily classify, classify myself in a fan category for them, but, man, they put out some good music, well-produced, very slick, yeah. um, you know, very, very listenable, and certainly worthy of of this spot on our list here so i will tell you if they showed up at our local casino i'd be there hey. this is that's my that's my new measuring stick <laughs> but if they show up i'll go see i'll them. go yeah yeah so and hopefully you'll call me absolutely and i'll, I'll be you're there. my guy i'll be there and we'll have on our blue jean committee t-shirts captain's hats <laughs> yes Ahoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, that's Ambrosia. You're the biggest penny part of loafers me. or Penny loafers. Dancing shoes. Yeah, maybe do- Dock Siders. There you go. Yeah, you'd have those with those tight white shorts maybe. And maybe a uh, um, underneath our BJC t-shirts, maybe a popped up collared polo shirt. There you go. Yeah. I like it. do it. All right. <laughs> Number seven. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain, if you're not into yoga, if you have half a brain, if you'd like making love at midnight in the dunes on the cape, then I'm the love that you've looked for. Write to me and escape. Number seven on the list is the Pina Colada song, which most people know it as. Actually, that's the subtitle. It's Escape by Rupert Holmes. Handsome young gentleman. With his nice, like, <laughs> glasses that, that, Take up most that are also sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. You got to have the fades. Yes, you do. So a lot of people, I think, would put this as number one as the song that they identify with, with Yacht Rock, right? Um, yes. It's got the vibe. You're talking about pina coladas. Tells a story. Tells a story. Um, my wife hates this song. How could she hate this you song? You know, I think there's just the sort of hint of infidelity or boredom. And, you know, so it's just not a it's not a wholesome song in her. Right. But, it, you know, it, it it's a great song. In the end, they find each other. Yes. Again. Again. And, um... I, I think it's 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 definitely right in the middle of the genre. We did not put it near the top no, five. We, we did not. Um, and we put it on. Yeah, just because largely because it's it's one of those expected yeah songs. Like you you kind of have to include it. I mean, it's not not that it's a bad song. Just like sailing, not a bad song. Not bad. But you know, if if um, I think if we're being true to the genre it belongs there but uh you know i would put uh, i'd put key largo here yeah I think that would slot in just as easily right here birdie birdie higgins the man I, you know i know somebody at saw birdie in concert and they said that he put on a really good show he does key largo and and he may have had like one other hit that we forget about but he's yeah. mostly doing cover tunes 
So what are you yeah. going to do? You're Bertie Higgins. Yeah. You got that one I mean, hit. That's your show closer. He probably opened and closed with you're that. You're playing at the Marriott in Key Largo. Yeah. Why not? They're yeah. paying him. It works. All you can eat seafood buffet. Yeah. So uh, probably he's probably opened it for Rupert Holmes. Yeah. And Rupert Holmes, for all intents and purposes, I think was a one-hit wonder. He had a him. very strange song, in my opinion. <laughs> yes. um, Another him. cheating song. Well, yeah, he was sort of fixated yeah, it, on that, Escape right? wasn't about cheating, but you know, it was about a guy that was going to cheat. Yeah. Ended up finding out that the, the person that he's contacting through the local one ads ends, ends up being his, his old lady right already there, had. Yeah. So, in him... Let that be a lesson to you. Yeah, yeah. Let it be a lesson. Don't go looking where that grass is always greener because it's probably already the grass you're already yeah. sitting on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think Rupert Holmes went on to to. Uh, I think he did a lot of musicals. Did uh, he? he wrote some mu- musicals. I think he even won a Tony Award, if I'm not mistaken. No kidding. So, yeah, he 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 was kind of a flash in the pan, but good song. Good. So, there we go. Escape the Pina Colada song. Number six. Number six, This Is It by Kenny Loggins. Now, honestly, this could have been Heart to Heart. This could have been Whenever I Call You Friend. One of the criteria we had when we set up this uh, this playlist here, this, this top ten chart we have, is we can't use the same artist twice. So there would have been a couple different Multiple. Little River Band songs on here that could have been... Uh, two or three different Boss Skaggs or Steely Dan songs on here. But we want to stick it with one just to kind of make it look a little more eclectic. But Kenny Loggins, you guys, you know him from, he did the soundtrack for Top Gun, Danger Zone, we all know that. I'm Alright, which was in um, Caddyshack. Footloose. Footloose theme. Uh, I'm Free, which is also in Footloose. So Kenny Loggins has had a long career but he got his start out in Yacht Rock. Uh, way back when, he had a partner named Dave Messina. I think they were just musical partners. And they uh, they went on and had a few hits. But until he went solo, he really took off. And this is uh, this song here just comes on. It just It's very yachty. Very yachty. Yeah. And I don't think... When he was with Messina, I don't think anything of that era really fits. It wasn't until he... No, not really. Yeah. Not really. There's a, you know, this is going to sound really intelligent. There's a Christmas song that they have, and I can't think of the name of it, but I... That he has or they have He together. and Messina, I believe. Really? Yeah. Now, but, I know um, he did Celebrate Me Home, which is a good Christmas that's song. That's a good one. Which also sounds very Yacht Rockish. Yeah. Because it's kind of got that sound. It does. But, uh, yeah, that's... And it was great that they had, in, in Blue Jean Committee... You know, Kenny Loggins had that presence, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. like he knew them and worked with them back yeah, in the like day. Like they were collaborators. Yeah, it's classic. Uh, I know in the Yacht Rock series, they spent a lot of time with the Kenny Loggins character because they kind of refer him as, as like the godfather of Yacht Rock. Like, so he has had such a. Because, like, a lot of these guys ended up singing background or playing instruments on each other's music. So. Like when we're going up to like uh, uh, 
Jojo by Boss Gags will be up here in a little bit. Um, like there, you might hear a little Michael McDonald in there. You might yeah. hear Kenny Loggins in the background. So yeah. a lot of these I things. Mean, they were are, traveling in the same circles. Oh, yeah. You know, touring the same venues, riding the same boats, riding the same boats. It's what they do. It's what they do. So yeah, Kenny Loggins. The, what's that? Great beard. He had one of the most epic beards of the era. Like Christopher Cross had kind of like the chin strap, yeah. But Kenny Loggins had the full stash and beard, so he had the best of Christopher Cross and of John Oates. Yeah, he wasn't messing around. He handsome was. guy, very handsome guy, very handsome man. So yes, almost uh, in your category. Uh, you know what? Maybe I, I think he's past me. He he might be closer to a Jim Lawler. Maybe like yeah, yeah. somewhere a couple of handsome guys. There we go. We're studs. <laughs> <laughs> we we also have this. Uh, Self-admiration. Yeah, self-inflated view <laughs> self- of ourselves. Uh, mutual admiration society of self-inflation. So, yeah. We're both legally blind, you know, we'll point, point that out. But Yeah, but hey, don't <laughs> hold that against us. <laughs> All right, so Kenny Loggins, this is it. Number five. Deacon Blues by Steely Dan. You know, I saw them in concert probably three or four years ago. It's probably shortly before Walter Becker's death. And um, they sounded awesome. Like, just the, the, the sound mix was just right, and it was just very smooth. And um, at this spot of our countdown, you could have put pretty much any Steely Dan song on here. Um, Peg would have worked here. FM, Black Cow, Babylon Sisters. And you could have even taken Donald Fagan's solo work like Nightfly. Nightfly or IGY. You could have put any of those in here and they would fit. They're just, um, they're not, and not to, not to knock today's music, because I do listen to some stuff, I'm listening to more, um, Americana type stuff, not more the, not so much the top 40 or the rap or anything like that. Like, I listen to, uh, probably the closest thing I listen to that would be considered even on the hip scale it's like 21 pilots like first maybe it's cause it. they're, maybe they're, yeah. because they're from Columbus maybe but yeah because they are it made me listen to them and kind of go oh, okay and those guys actually one of them played at a church camp that I was uh, doing they were uh, in a band called no tagbacks before this so and later nice. on somebody told me like oh do you remember him from back then I'm like no, I remember the band. I kind of remember them a little bit, and I, you know, I, I saw That's them. Him. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so back before they were famous, so <laughs> you know, it's just one of those odd things. So, um, you've got kids, yep. So, do they make fun of the music the old man listens to? Oh, yeah. So, eighteen and twenty, you're the ages of my kids. So, 
Yeah, they make fun of me. I mean, my uh, my son actually had player on one of his his lists. So in some Boston and uh, whoa. So I was uh, I was pretty impressed. And wow. um, so well, we, he and I travel, you know, by ourselves on occasion, and he'll throw in a playlist. And so I listen to his music. He listens to some of mine. He knows what I like. Actually, I do like some of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually quite impressed that I got a notification from Spotify that I was wow. in the top two percent of post malone listeners so <laughs> Whoa, i don't know minute. if that's an embarrassment wait, or a wait badge a of honor jim you are the same guy that is in the ambrosia fan club and you're into post malone see yeah you gotta you gotta listen to it all right wow yeah. i am impressed i don't know if that impresses me more or the fact that your son listens to boston you know I, yeah it's it, it, it's good bonding time right yeah. so yeah, yeah i'm teaching him right well, yeah, I, except for maybe some of the stuff that he listens to, but well, you, know, you know, you can't hold it against. We let him. it slide. He's young. He'll, yeah, he'll grow into it. So, wait, which is funny because I had this conversation with somebody, oh, not too long ago, talking about uh, how kids these days. Uh, we were talking about country music and how it kind of it doesn't like feel or sound like country like we grew up on right like there's not as many banjos and the harmonies aren't there like they used to and there's more of a of a street sound to it and they had and mentioned to me they said well listen you know a lot of times the the lines in the music are more blurred than we they were when we were coming up um like back yeah. then you could specifically tell a country song from a hip-hop song from a rock song they all had defining lines that made them. Some would kind of blend over, but not yeah, too much. Yeah, you get, you know, Leonard Skinner and 38 Special and, you know, which kind of was that Southern rock was yeah. probably one example. But, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you wouldn't, uh, they, they didn't cross lines much. But, right. but now, like, kids are more open to listening to different genres. Uh, they don't have those defining lines like they used to they're a little more blurred which which in a way is kind of cool because that does open them up to some of the music like that we listen to like oh you know like my son he uh yeah he'll, he's he's got a pretty eclectic taste in music and by the way happy birthday alex um my son is 24 today and uh he he's he typically listens to the the rap and the hip-hop and stuff and Post Malone, he's probably yeah, there he's probably up I there. made him proud. Yeah, he's probably going, man, Dad, you have cool friends. Happy birthday, Alex. We <laughs> dropped Post Malone on your dad's uh, podcast. Yes. And by the way, Jim was actually in the hospital the day you were born. So he uh, stopped and said hi. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. So um, uh, there is a movie. So I kind of stumbled across it a couple weeks ago called Baby Driver. Have you heard about this yeah. movie? So, um, uh, what's his face is in it. Um, John Hamm is in it. Um, Jamie Foxx is in it. Um, who's, who's the, like, anyhow. But the, the cool thing about the movie is the music. So it's a mix of like old, like 60s, 70s music and then like today's music and stuff in between. And the music's all over the place. So, uh, I had Alex watch the movie. I'm like, here, you got to watch this. You'll like this. Uh, and um, he liked it, and he really liked the soundtrack, the music. Yeah. And it was kind of like a little his stuff, a little my stuff, kind of mixed in. But, but yeah, I will hand it to that kids. That could be a show, you know, a show all on it on its own. 
soundtracks, you know, top to bottom. Oh yeah, you know that sort of thing. We're officially down a rabbit hole. We know, are, I think. It's I like yeah. it. Has it nice. feel good? Yeah, it's, it's I love cozy it. in here, isn't it? It's good. <laughs> very yachty. Yes, very yachty. So, um, Steely Dan, um, definitely de- defined that yacht rock era, and they um, they're one of those bands I think that, that kind of transcend time and space. They could they sound as fresh now as they did back then. Like there's nothing. Some of these some of these songs and these artists are going to sound kind of dated yeah. when you listen to them. Steely Dan, not so much. So my, I, I I appreciate Steely Dan. I will tell you that I have to be in a specific mood. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Something about their sound that times I love it, and times I may flip through it. Right. I get the I get like get that, that with a lot of bands. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I just you know like so Tom distinct. Petty. Tom Petty's one of those. Yeah. Like I I like Tom Petty a lot, but I kind of gotta be in the mood to listen to. Yeah. Him. It's easier for me to listen to like an album of Tom Petty than like if if like Running Down a Dream comes on. Now that song I used to like, but it feels like like every classic rock station or '80s station will play that song at some point. And when it comes on, I'm like, eh. But you know, but when Refugee comes on, mm. that mm. song rocks. Like I want to hear that. And like, like Southern Accents is another is a Tom Petty album. It's my favorite album he did. Not as appreciated as some of the other ones. I'm not like Damn the Torpedoes or some of those. But that one album I can listen to. There's a song in there called named called Spike. I love that song. And there's nothing to it. It's just a basic little. Uh, song about a dog and that's it right. so yeah uh, that that is Makes a rabbit sense. hole we have gone from steely dan <laughs> to 21 pilots to post malone all the way to tom oh, petty tom and the heartbreakers who has nothing to do with yacht rock number four $50. get you all you want Jojo by Boss Skaggs. He's another artist on this list that you could have just inserted any of his songs in here. Miss Sun, Breakdown Dead Ahead, Low Down, Lido Shuffle. Uh, Boss Skaggs is an amazing musician, good songwriter. Love his voice. He just, when he, like, he could sing the telephone book and make it sound interesting. And, you know, You've heard that said about people, but he truly could. Um, I don't think he has received the credit he deserves over the years. But as far as this Yacht Rock list here, he definitely um, deserving of, of this spot here. So what are your thoughts on Boss Skaggs, Jim? Well, this, we're now in the section of Jim likes it okay, mm-hmm. but doesn't know... You know, I think he's another one that I kind of put in the same vein as uh, Steely Dan. That you know, I kind of have to be in the in the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I and you, I'm sure you've heard it in how I've described my taste. Mm-hmm. I tend to lean more towards the America Ambrosia, Gordon Lightfoot end of the you know Little River Band end of these things. But I think that it is a distinct sound, uh, low down Lido shuffle, all fantastic. JoJo's great. Um, I think it represents. Um, sort of the diversity of sounds that fits into this genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like you had mentioned, which makes a lot of sense to me because you're talking about you know America and Gordon Lightfoot and some of these, and I'm I'm leaning more towards the more jazzy sounds of Boscag, Steely Dan, that kind right. of thing. So, I mean, it is the genre is not very broad, but there is sort of a there is a a difference. Like not all this music sounds the same. Right. So, like, there's something for everybody. Well, not for everybody, <laughs> obviously, but <laughs> but for for us the fans, it's uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. You can you can listen to yacht rock and not feel like you're hearing the same song over and over. Like, like, uh, and not to knock heavy metal, but you know, a lot of heavy metal songs basically follow the same formula, and they kind of tend to sound. See, that's that's a genre, even though I like like some of the hair bands and stuff like that. Yeah. That's something I got to be in the mood for. Like I, I got to prepare myself. If I want to sit down and listen to Motley Crue. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I tend, you know, the way you describe it, I, I lean more towards the light rock end of things. Right. So if we were to, and we didn't even debate this artist, but Dan Fogelberg. Oh yeah. I like Dan Fogelberg. Uh, You know, I, I like this, that, sort of light rock sound. Dan Fogelberg was amazing. Yes, now, I'm not was. sure that he fits in this genre. No. Some may argue that he does, yeah. you know, but I, I don't think that he does. I don't but. I don't put him there. Yeah. He's he's a good singer songwriter. Like one of my all time favorite Christmas songs is same old Anxiety. Mm. Like I, I I probably listen to that thing twenty times during the Christmas season because it it's one that I don't get tired of. Yeah. Like oh because you just paint this visual um, there's there's a video on YouTube, like a fan-made video. It kind of tells the story. Like, that that song would make a great movie. Or, or since we go further down this hole, mm-hmm. John Denver, Christmas for Cowboys. I've you never heard, heard that? that. Oh, it's fantastic. No. Jars of Clay redid it. Really? I heard Jars of Clay do Little Drummer Boy, but I never oh, heard that one. Christmas for Cowboys is fantastic. <laughs> is it really? Take a listen. I will. Everyone. I will, I will take a Maybe listen. Maybe in December, but, you know, remember that. Put that on a playlist, throw it away. Christmas for Cowboys by John Denver. Yeah, you'll want to ride a horse. <laughs> I want to ride one right now. <laughs> but I'd name it something, unlike America. Sorry. Jeez. All right, so yeah that that was um, that was our number four song, uh, JoJo by Boss Gags. Number three. And it smiles when it feels like crying on and on, on and on, on and on. Number three. We're up to the heavy hitters now. This is the best of the best. The top three yacht songs, yacht rock songs, according to Robin Jim. 
This is On and On by Stephen Bishop. Great love story. Um, love this song. I've always loved this song. Yeah. Even when it wasn't considered cool, I loved it. It is a great tune. I um, probably did not pay attention to who sang it for decades. And um, so he's he's got a couple in uh, a little bit of a interesting history, right? Yes. So not only did he, I mean, he had some other hits too. Uh, Save It for a Rainy Day. You may not have heard it. It was a hit, believe it or not. And It Might Be You that was in the movie Tootsie. But interesting fact um, do you remember the scene in Animal House where the dude is playing the folk song on the stairway and John Belushi takes his guitar and smashes yeah. it? That is Stephen Bishop. Nice. Yes. I think he was actually, you know, when we were kind of uh, looking at these artists, I think he's also, he was also in the Blues Brothers. What? Um, played like a mall cop uh, or something like that, but just a brief, brief cameo. Nice. Interesting tidbit, and I'm only saying this because I, I want to say her name. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan? Shaka Khan was on, uh, helped out on his first album, along with Eric Clapton. So, you know, he had some pretty powerful people. He's very connected. Yeah. I didn't know that. I just know him as like this mellow singer, but I've always known he was that part in Animal House. I think one time, probably ten years ago or something, I may have looked that up just because I yeah. thought that part was so funny. I'm like, well, who's that guy singing? I guess if you're in Southern California, you just, you know, automatically have some of these uh, connections. Yeah, you just show up and you're in a movie. With Shaka Khan? Shaka she Khan. wasn't in the movie. She should have been. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. <laughs> who, who, is there anybody that can say Shaka Khan without automatically yeah, going to it, that it, song? it has to have that inflection. One yeah. of the best, one of the best songs of the yeah. 80s. But not Yacht Rock. No. It's not. So, it is not. Yes, yeah, number three. Awesome song, On and On by Stephen Bishop. Number two. Hurry, don't be late. I can hardly wait. I said to myself when Number two, this could be any song by Little River Band, but we've chosen Reminiscing because it ha- it most kind of has that Yacht Rock feel. So, as Jim mentioned, he is a tremendous fan of the LRB, maybe more so than Will Ferrell is. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, you guys, if you guys haven't seen the other guys, there's one part with him and Mark Wahlberg where they're in the car and Mark Wahlberg throws in this headbanger music and then Will Ferrell turns it off and puts a little river band on and it's it's hilarious. But Jim, tell us about the LRB. You know, Little River Band, um, I think it was probably nineteen eighty two, um when their greatest hits I could be wrong. maybe eighty four when the greatest hits album came out. So I would put that in my top ten albums. I don't know if it's fair to use a greatest hits album as a as a top ten. 
Um, for our purposes. For our purposes, you sure can. yeah. I think in the vein of Yacht Rock, reminiscing, cool change. We talked about that a little bit, mm-hmm. how we, we debated on that one. Night um, Owls. Night Owls. Uh, Lonesome Loser, you know, kind of lean towards kind of a country vibe a little bit. Yeah. Take it easy on me. Yep. I, I think I disclosed to Rob that uh, <laughs> that was actually one of my favorites. I, I had some sort of, uh, you know, thirteen-year-old fling, and it was a heartbreak. Had a, had my heart broken somehow, some way, and uh, yeah. So I was probably singing that through tears in my. Did, did you like look in your mirror and wonder what, like, what did I do wrong? Like, what's wrong with exactly, me? Exactly. Yeah, and there were a lot of things wrong with me, but uh, you know, so. Uh, but that has, uh, they've always been a favorite. And nice. uh, Rob was kind enough to put this uh, up on the list. I think you agree, though, right? Well, yeah, you're... I absolutely agree. This this could have easily been number one. Um, when you're talking about Yacht Rock, as we have you know, spoken of throughout this entire show, um, this is one of those bands that definitely define the genre you know, like it or not, before Yacht Rock was yeah. a thing, I think, like, it was because of bands and songs like this. So that Greatest Hits album I looked it up was 1982. So you got nice. it right the first Thank time. Thank you, yeah. So they, great job. And they, their most active years were right in the middle of that sort of period from, like, oh, yeah. 78 to 82. Um, you know, they were pretty fantastic. Oh, yeah, now, they were all over the charts at that point. And, you know, they've had a lot of... A lot of changes in the in the group members over the years. I think we already touched on the fact that you know I don't think there are any original members, but yes. uh, and they were from Australia, which uh, until I kind of dug around a little bit, I, I I did not know that. Of course, Rob and his infinite wisdom did know that, but um, yeah, Jim went to school and became a doctor. I stayed home and learned about <laughs> pop music. <laughs> so. <laughs> That was what those were all my classes were about music, you know. Well, so yeah, you, go. You're, you have a PhD in That's music. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, so yeah, Little River Band, great band. Um, join us next year when they come to town. We're there gonna, you go, Hollywood gonna, Casino. We're gonna do it. So yeah, Little River Band is number two. You know what that means? There's just one left. Number one. Rises to her apology. So, yeah, number one, What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. Uh, Again, any of these songs could be interchanged just about but we chose this one just because the michael mcdonald era doobie brothers probably did the best job at at really spending probably hours and hours and months in the recording studio perfecting their craft having that jazzy feel you have the doobie brothers you've got like the old blackwater doobie brothers listening to the music long train running and then when Michael came along and started, you know, taking over the lead vocals, they, you know, they went with the talent they had, which he's got this great jazz voice. And, you know, 
Michael McDonald is probably the king of yacht rock. If there is one, it is Michael McDonald because yeah. almost any song that he has ever done could be on this list. Um, he super talented guy, and I saw an interview just the other day, just kind of prepping for the show, uh, and it was uh, Michael McDonald was talking about the the resurgence of yacht rock and why people are listening to it. And he's, he's kind of in on it. You know, he's, you know, he's like, Hey, you know, it's allowing me and my contemporaries, um, you know, we're getting gigs, you know, people want to hear us. And he's like, he's like, I kind of get the joke behind it a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. And he's like, and, and, and I am flattered that, uh, they, uh, you know, they, they think of me in, in such a light. And he was actually referring to that yard, um, uh, that yacht rock, Episode. series yeah. and he said him he cracked up and he was talking to Kenny Loggins about <laughs> it and they thought it was the funniest thing ever so like I, I let's be honest wouldn't any of you find it kind of funny if they did a web series based on you and just really went over the top with your character so that'd yeah. be a ton it's of a fun time. Yeah. so tell us about the Doobie Brothers Jim tell us what you think like how how do you feel about this being number one and you know yeah great song again one that i've come to appreciate probably in the last decade um michael mcdonald even in his solo career uh he sang some other song i keep forgetting but um so michael mcdonald you know even with uh, his solo career still had that sound uh you may i don't even know after about 1985, what he may have gotten into, but he didn't do too much uh, after that. Uh, his, made soundtracks, right? Yeah, or... he, he did. He did a lot of soundtracks. I remember him doing the song for um, "Running Scared" with Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. He did that, and I know probably in the uh, early 2000s he did a an album of Motown tunes, which is really good. So if you guys get a chance, check that out. Um, you know. He hits all the Motown standards and does a very good job. That is a good job album. at it. Yeah. yeah, so it's really good. And the Doobie Brothers, I, you know, I, I think that was one of those influences in the '70s that actually um, I got into uh, with a, you know, you, everybody may have this sort of person. I had a cousin who was a well into his teen years when I was kind of in in the tween years. So you know, I'd follow him around and listen to whatever he listened to and. The Doobie Brothers were always part of his uh, repertoire, and so it was obviously pre-Michael McDonald years. But you know, I've always appreciated their music, and um, so yeah, I think this is a great number one. I think this really typifies, at least to you and I. Mm-hmm. So we got to make the list, so that's we all did. that matters. You guys make um, your own list, but I think it typifies the sound, and this is something you can listen to over and over. I don't get tired of it. No, I don't either. Um, most of these songs on here, I don't really get tired of. Uh, these are just these are part of what I listen to, just normal everyday. Oh, throwing the rock playlist, but I'm also seasonal. It, it's it's funny. I I will different seasons of my life or of the year. Like this is the time of year, like the spring and summer. I'm cranking up the yacht rock. Um, in the early part of the spring, I listen to some classic country a lot. <laughs> so, nice, yeah. And then you know, during during like in, into the 
deeper into the summer, I'm listening to like some hairband music, and into the fall, I'm like listening to more like new wave type stuff. I'm just weird. I'm, I'm so weird. Glad I, you said that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> like it, you know, I I do have an eclectic um, taste in music, and this is you know this yacht rock thing is one of the one of the areas that that I just absolutely love to listen to, and I could listen to it, you know for hours and and i honestly for the last week preparing for the show um listened to it quite a bit not that i don't anyway but this week is just about all i've listened to is this type of stuff yeah you know the genre we talked about this with the blue jean committee this genre needs a needs a full-length movie it whether does. it's the blue jean committee or whether it's an adam sandler movie you know, harkening back to the late '70s, and then it's just floated with a soundtrack of these songs. I mean, it, it needs it needs that sort it of needs attention. A it deserves it. Well, I think the Blue Jean Committee should make a movie. You know, and I, I do think it, if they called on some of the SNL alum to join them, yeah. Adam Sandler would be great. Kirsten Wig, we talked about this before. <laughs> She'd be great as like a she cocaine sniffing background singer yeah. or something they could have some of these other people be uh you know bands that are, are around that scene around mm-hmm. southern california oh yeah you know, it would be it'd be hilarious so. well if you think sort of like anchorman remember where they had the the street fight with all of the anchors what if like will ferrell was like in a rival band and they were like him and bill Hader were fighting yeah and bill Hader whips out like a big chicago polska kielbasa and punches him in the face with it That'd be awesome. That's what we need. That's what we need. There's not enough of that. There's not. So if anybody happens to be listening to this and they have connections, we want a Yacht Rock movie. Make it happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've exhausted Yacht Rock. I think we've done we it. possibly can. We've I think, conquered it. I think we've said the words Yacht Rock together about 312 times this episode. We snuck in some Post Malone. We did. And some Chuck Con. We've mentioned Van Halen, Blue Murder. And um, we're just now going to mention Conway Twitty just because we had to round out the obscurity there. So. There you go. <laughs> Guys, thank you for hanging with us and listening this whole time. Jim, thank you so much. You're a good friend, a longtime friend, and it has been great hanging out with you, talking about this stuff, and uh, looking forward to just dancing in the dark, walking through the park, and reminiscing. So you, uh, I would love to have you back sometime, and we'll do this over some other topic. Yeah. None can be as exhilarating as Yacht Rock. Thanks, man. It's All been right. fun. Right, thanks. So, guys, we'll see you next time. Um, next week, John McNeil will be joining me, and we'll be talking about summertime songs of the 80s. You don't want to miss it. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. you drop by the art club. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right.